Welcome to the All NFL Podcast on the All City Network. So excited for this podcast. This is football yeah. with the one and only Baldy. Baldy. <laughs> Brian Baldinger, yeah. Anthony Gargano. Brother, because like this is this is like we've talked how long we've been talking about this forever. Yeah, I, for a decade, we've yes. talked about doing something like this. Yeah. Now we get the chance, like it's the time is right. And I just feel honestly, because like, I'm, we're here, by the way, at NFL Films, one of the third floor. we got video screens all over the place. We've got every game, college, at pro. We, we, we watch film. We, we like to get Professor Baldy. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of sources of information out there. And I'm not here. Like, everybody's got their channel. Everybody's got their own thing. I want people to know, because, like, what we're doing here is we're not the, the experts, experts, but we have, like, a we have a good opinion about what's going on. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We want to celebrate the game. And I don't believe you can celebrate the game, cuz, unless you study the game. Like, everybody has ability to be a fan. Everybody has a, If you want to be an analyst, fine. I believe if you want to really promote the game, you have to study the game because it's constantly changing. And some players in this league right now play the game like, Dick Buckus would come out of his grave right now and go, I watch, I'll pay to watch that. And so when those guys, when you see Fred Warner, Lane Johnson, you watch these guys play the game, they play it the right way. And we're here to celebrate that. Obviously, we're going to talk about every team in this league, what's going on, the good and the bad of it, trade deadline, all this. We'll have all the news, all the updates. But we're here, honestly, to bring the inside of the game to you, the way we see it and the way we love it. And the way Baldy, let, let me just say, He's special, okay, because you love the game. Like, you listen, we all are football fans. Football is the number one sport in America. Baldy is true to the game. Like, he, it's a relationship, and he's true to it. He never cheats it. You know, he's in this office, which is such a great backdrop. He's in, you're, you live in this office. Yeah, is it? Hours and hours watching tape, and he does it. You know why? Because he loves it. It's his happy place. Yeah. He said that to me. He said, this is my happy place. I, wa- I can do anything in life, but I want to do this. Yeah. I mean, if if um, I have people that reach out to me, hey, do you need an intern? you need this? I don't know what an intern would do. Um, I kind of like to just get into my own little bubble here and just get into it. Like, I'm watching, you know, I was just showing you some film clips of Joe Burrow. To, you're like, oh, just going God. to work against the San Francisco 49. Wow. And you just come away... Whatever anybody's opinion of Joe Burrow is, like if you sat and watched the the, the plays we just watched, cause like you you would go, how many guys can do that? Like how many out there that are throwing football right now for a living can do what we just saw him do? I mean, jaw dropping. And when you slow it down, you actually watch 
there is a play. You, you got to talk about the play because there is a play where, I mean, he's just getting harassed. All right. He said, you called it escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. Like, so he's just like, literally he's a pocket quarterback. We know that he's had an issue with his cap, but it looks totally healthy. So he steps up into the pocket because here comes Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead around the outside to him. And he steps up, and then all of a sudden there's Javon Hargrave right there. And then Eric Armstead comes, and he's got both arms around him, and he ducks out of it, and then Bosa grabs him by the chest. Yeah. And he's pulling him down, and he takes Bosa and pushes him off as he's protecting the ball. Then he spins out, and here comes Fred Warner. At full speed. In his face. Right to it, like, comes, and there's not, and when Fred hits you, he doesn't slow down. He's coming right for him, and he levels him as he makes this throw to T. Higgins in tight coverage, and he could only be thrown to one spot, and he hit the spot. It was, I believe it was all on rope. It was just mind-boggling. So that's really, the I think, the heart and soul of this show, which is going to be celebrating a sport that we just love and celebrating the participants the players, the coaches, and just the brilliance of football. Well, I think some of, uh, like, look, I have built a brand of Baldy's Breakdowns. People know it. Players know it. The coaches, all different levels. It's great. But honestly, this is like a version of that. Yeah. Like, we're literally talking about the same things that I just watched. <clears throat> we're projecting, you know, we're not here. We're here to celebrate the game. And there's other people that want pick, to pick the games and the spreads and all that. And that's great. You know, there's fantasy football lovers out there. All that stuff is great. It all contributes. But we just want to get to the core of the game. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way to play it. And when you watch Max Crosby play the game, he plays at the highest level, at the highest intensity. We want to celebrate that. And then, look. And also, you told him that he's got to force a fumble. I told him last week. Max, and he uh, did. I said, you, you, this is the week you got to force a fumble. And he said he worked on it all week long in practice. And sure enough, down he pulled it right out of guy's hands the other day and recovered it on the goal line, saved a touchdown. All right, big day in the NFL. Though we yeah. got to talk about the NFL trade deadline uh, coming up in just a little bit. Lane Johnson will join the meat locker, but first, let's get into the trade deadline. Oh yeah, yeah. we're not getting to that. So I mean, because that our city, it's all about word. We start getting. Everybody in God, which one is like Gordon, everybody needs. Got right. And then it's just like do boys to that. You know, a lot of people talk about the zinc of the battle. You know, like this the day they wrote until they start kind of cut out the other go along the reading the fire that one. Then you tweak a mid noise save All right. All right, big day with the trade deadline and let's talk about who got dealt some big names. First, let's go Washington, because Washington shocking, right? They're a D-line forever. They were built around four number one draft picks. Yeah. Been built around Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, and Montez Sweat. And I thought, watching him for over the last, Montez, since he came out of Mississippi State, that he was the best of all of them. Just because of his size, his reach, his length, and how he played. And he's been injury-free. He's been healthy. And I thought he would have... He, and, and, to, and then, you know, Chase Young has had injuries. And, you know, the, the, the motor can be questioned at times. The pass rush uh, ability has been questioned at times. But at the same time, they all, like I talked to him a couple weeks ago, and I was just like saying, look, it's not about your numbers today. But everybody, if you play together and you interact together, everybody can feast. 
but you have to like feed each other. That's how, so we, they all agreed with all that. But they lost two center corner pieces to that defense. So I, I was talking to people down in Washington, and I, I think what you're saying is, look, they get a two for Montez, and they get a three for Chase Young. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're looking at a rebuild. They they know they have to address their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Right, you have new ownership in place. There's probably going to be a new coaching staff at some point. So I, I think this whole thing is, hey, look, let's get draft capital and almost like you know, the process – Let's begin our future, and I think that's what's going on. Well, I think, you know, some teams are looking at So, look, Washington, they did, you know, they went 500 last year, but they're not going to the playoffs with this defensive line. Right. They're not influencing the game that much like the Eagles defensive line did last year. They're not changing the game enough. So they're like, okay, this this isn't working. And it isn't, quite frankly. And you can say the offense line to quarterback, you can say other issues, but okay, let's take this, let's do it a different way. And I think that's kind of the smart. I mean, they're not going to, they weren't going to heavily invest in Chase Young because no. I think they worry about, like you said, the injury field, that sort of thing. And they weren't going to pay Montez. So, look, you know, you might as well get the draft capital and you start your rebuild and you see what you got. Do you like, speaking of Washington, do you like Hal? Do you? I, I, I like him. I, I like him. I mean, he's put up 31 points in two games against the Eagles this year. Yeah. Took him right down the field in the first game against the Eagles week four. Uh, under two minutes to go, took him right down the field and tied it up. Like, you see moments, and then you see where you go, he's limited. He's limited in his vision. He's limited in arm strength under pressure. But you see limitations. But you also say, well, he's only started, you know, a total of nine games. So nine games, like if you judged Kurt Warner in nine games, right. you're not putting him in the Hall of Fame. So you do have to give these guys time to develop. The offensive line has not been good. He's been under duress in a lot of games. He was last week. Um, he was against the Giants. And it's just hard to evaluate these guys if they're getting hit. All right, let's, so let's look at the Niners get Chase Young. So he had another piece to that front, mm-hmm. which is scary. What does that do for San Francisco? Well, you know, I, I think they've underachieved this year, to be honest with you. He went out and paid big money for Javon Hargrave. I don't think he's made a big effect. They paid... The best, the biggest contract ever for Nick Bosa. I've seen Nick play a lot better than he's playing right now. I've seen guys, whether it is uh, Darisaw in Minnesota or Dewan Jones in Cleveland, have their way with him. Like he's not, he's not beating those guys like a turnstile. And so, you know, Eric Armstead is is a good player, but he's got a role. What they lack right now, and what they've had in the past, like last year they had Charles Amenahu. He went to Kansas City in free agency, but they. Chris Kacerik, the defense line coach, he takes these retreads, Kerry Hyde Jr., and he gets them playing at a different level. And I feel like Chase Young is going to get challenged in a way by Kacerik that we might see the best of Chase. That's scary. And if he gets Bosa from one side and Hargrave up the middle and they get going, they could could feast. Because I believe that if you're going to be a championship contending team, you're going to have to have a bona fide defensive line. You can have the greatest quarterback. You can have the receiver. You can have pieces. You look at what Kansas City's got defensively now with Chris Jones and what they're at, Karloftis and Amenahu. Like, they're built around their defensive line. You look at Cincinnati. They're built around their defense. You've got to continue. And the Eagles have been building on their defensive line. Jalen Carter is a beast. He's he's only going to get bigger and better. So I think San Francisco said, we're in it to win it. We're struggling. We've lost three in a row. Our defense line is not affecting the game. 
maybe Chase could be the missing piece. So Chicago mm-hmm. does not sell, and in fact, buys Montez Sweat. Well, I think when you look at what Chicago's doing, you know, they're trying to build it piece by piece. They overspent for linebackers T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds last year. I believe they overspent for that position. But they, they should have overspent for defensive linemen. They missed on that. They've got good safety. Jaquan Brisker's a good safety. Jalen Johnson's a good corner. They've got, you know, they've got pieces in the back end. They don't have enough pressure up front. And so they're built, you know, this is a, like a Tampa 2-type defense. It's built around the front four. Yeah. They want to play zone behind it. But you can't play zone behind a front four that's not pressuring the quarterback. You give the quarterback time against zone. Like, good quarterback's going to carve you up. All day long. So, you got to speed up that process. So, I think Montez is a piece. They got a couple young defensive linemen uh, that look promising. But, you know, Montez could be a piece that, you know, if they can figure out what the quarterback situation is going to be, that I think they'll address the offensive line. Like, they could, you know, and the division is winnable. You know, nobody's going to run away with the division. So, um, I, I feel like Detroit is clearly out front, but they've just drafted really well. And they've got stability for the first time. But it's not like they're so far out front. Well, it's interesting because Minnesota loses Kirk Cousins and they go, you know what, we got to take a shot and they go get Joshua Dobbs. Well, they just, you know, they they lost games early because the way they were winning games last year, they were losing them. They lost at the end to the Chargers. They lost close games. But they put a three-game win streak together, including the 49ers. They played very well in Green Bay last week and just wiped them up. You know, and then they lose Kirk Cousins. And so... You know, they have been playing without Justin Jefferson, but, you know, Jordan Addison has been unreal. Katie Asia Osborne has been unreal. Yeah. Like, they haven't skipped a beat. The Jordan Addison looks like he's – I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson, but he's damn good. And so and, – and the offensive line, you know, they lost Ezra Cleveland, but they picked up Dalton Reisner off the street. He's playing great. So they, they let Ezra go. But they've got a good offensive line. They've got good receivers. They could run the ball better, but – I think Brian Flores has done a magnificent job with uh, the defense. That's what I was going to bring up because I'm most impressed with what Flores has done with that defense. That defense was terrible yeah. last year. Horrible. We saw that with the Eagles. Yeah. We saw the Giants beat them up in the, in the Giants, playoff right? game. They were awful. And what Brian Flores has done has just been astounding. They're tough. They're, 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 they've been very, very good. They were good against the 49ers. Um, they have, you know, Daniil Hunter leads the league in Sada, but it's way more than just Daniil. You know, they've got uh, this Cam Bynum on the back end next to Harrison Smith. They've got young corners that are playing well. And then the two linebackers, you know, Jordan Hicks when he was in yeah, Philly. Yeah, yeah. As long as he's been healthy, he's been a playmaking yeah. inside linebacker. Josh Mattelis, they got all these pieces right now. And it was like when they played the Eagles week two, they were just blitz happy. And, if, you know, if they got home, they got home. And if they didn't, they gave up big plays. Well, now they've really balanced it. And defensively, so, look, they got Josh Dobbs, who's been – he has played well. He's played smart, and he's played well, and he's tough. He's a much better athlete than anybody thinks. They just couldn't score in the fourth quarter in these Arizona games. They just – they've been outscored, outplayed. But they've been in every game, and they're going to get Kyler Murray back, you know, next week. And so they're like, Minnesota needs a quarterback. We've got this guy, Clayton Toon, we drafted out of Houston. Um, If he has to play this week, we'll play him. Uh, they've got a good thing going on. I think Gannon's doing a good job down there. They're, look, the record isn't good, but they're playing hard. They're playing the game the right way. All right, Bills get secondary help with Russell Douglas. Well, so Russell Douglas, you know, he was here in Philadelphia. He was drafted by the Eagles out of West Virginia. 
And I remember you liked him out. I did like him. He was a he, die. He had length. He's six foot three. Yeah. He's got a lot of interceptions. He's got a lot of pick sixes in Green Bay. When they pressure, he, he like he's the benefactor. He's not a, a, a press man cover guy. That's not his thing. But Buffalo's his own team. Like they're he's and, and they look, they drafted Kair Elam. It hasn't worked. They drafted a kid, Bedford from Villanova. They lost Tredavious White. You know, they've they've lost these corners. But their defense is is structured. You know Sean. No. I mean, he's he's brilliant. Yeah, he is. And he's calling all the plays. So I feel like Rasul Douglas is actually a perfect fit for them because he's his own corner. He's big. He he has ball skills, right? And he can tackle. And so I just feel like that is a guy because their pass rush, Vaughn's going to get better. Like their pass rush is going to be good. So the linebackers are fine. Like I think that's a missing piece for him right now, especially if you're going up against Miami. And some of these teams that want to throw. Yeah. I mean, look, look you're looking at your division. Yeah. And you got Tyreek and you got Waddle. Right. Sitting at you. I mean, I, I thought that was a good move. Uh, interesting. Leonard Williams, you were just in Seattle. Yes. And the Seahawks get Leonard Williams from the Giants. Seattle's building. Man, are they building. They're going to, like, they're good right now. They're five and two. They played Baltimore this weekend. I'm going to do the game this weekend. But, you know, I've never seen this before, honestly. They've got 15 rookies on the active roster. 15. And they all play. Jake Bobo caught touchdown. Yeah. You know, uh, and Jackson uh, Smith and Jigba. Yeah. The right guard's a rookie. My friend Oluwatimi uh, started at center two weeks ago. Rookie out of Michigan. But they 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 picked up their, – their secondary is outstanding. Witherspoon, uh, you know, you look at the guy. Man, Witherspoon. Yeah. So they just need they, – they, they, they picked up Jerron Reed. Uh, they, they got him. And they brought back Frank Clark. They're just building their defensive front. And Big Cat is a good football player. He's fundamentally very sound. He's always been healthy. He doesn't miss games. He's he's suffering in New York right now. I think it's a win-win. Like, I, I don't understand what the Giants, like, it's a disaster. Like, you know, the quarterback situation is just, it was terrible. So they can't really compete. They can't score points. So the Giants are saying, awful. We got to fix the offensive yeah. line. We, we, you know, we're going to need pieces. Like, it's just broken. So I feel like, Leonard's not really expendable. He's a good player. He, in Seattle, like, it could be a real missing piece. Yeah, I thought the same thing. So the Lions, uh, the other move today, the Lions get uh, Peoples-Jones, which you, I, we and I talked about that earlier, and it was interesting. You thought it was Jamison Williams related. Well, Jamison Williams, you know, is a, is a second-year player. He, you know, he got hurt. He was hurt out of Alabama. He didn't really play except for a game last year. He just looks very – he's the fastest thing. I, I call him the 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 Motown Comet. Like, he's yes. faster than Comet. But he he's just inconsistent hands right now. Like, you yeah. can't have guys drop Play through down. Weeks. You can't have – you can't yeah. – like, this, this thing is – they're building this thing to go the distance. This year. Not – they're not the, – Dan Campbell's not waiting. Like, they got a team that can compete this year in the playoffs. They can win playoff games. So, go get a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones, a guy that's – they got Amari Cooper there. They they really haven't figured out what his role is. They can't get the quarterback situation right this year. They didn't have it right last year. So he's just sitting around. You know, but I feel like there's an upside to him. And this Ben Johnson, the offense coordinator in Detroit, like Amon Ross St. Brown, he's a fourth round pick. Like he's gonna get 120 catches. You know, he's an elite player. I mean, last he's, night he's got pieces. The blue and he's Jordan. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, it's ridiculous the game that he has. And you know what I loved about Ben Johnson and I loved about what the Lions did last night? They said, look, 
we you know we want to get back to running the football. You got no Montgomery, and they go here. You go, Jameer Gibbs. It's your time to shine. Monday Night Football, yep. and the kid was spectacular. One hundred eighty-nine, five for five. They threw it to him five times, five catches. Had one hundred eighty-nine yards of offense. But you know, going back to Donovan Peoples Jones, he's from Michigan. Yeah. So you think about Michigan receivers. Like they don't do much in the NFL, right? No. I mean, like Ohio State, of course. Yeah. So I need two more aside. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to a whole history. No, no, but it's not like a big deal. It's same built. They, they have offense alignment. Yeah, they have yeah, offense. Yeah. But they're all the same build. So it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But you, so they had a kid that got drafted by Houston named Nico Collins. Yeah. Same thing. He, he, he's been in Houston for two years, literally doing nothing, running go routes like Donovan Peoples Jones. Now he's got a real quarterback in CJ Stroud. And now he's, all evolved into a true number one. The the offense goes through him, and he's exploded. And I have a feeling that Donovan Peoples-Jones could be very similar. That's interesting. And with that with that offense and the way Goff, and you know, listen, I know it's the Raiders and all, but you look at the way Goff made the one bad mistake, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he comes back and he plays in the right way. Like, oh, he's, he, he's he really, I mean, he's, he's tough. He's a pocket guy. He is. Like, he stands tall. No, he's he, he's a good football player, man. He's really good. Yeah, people thought the way they, the way he, he sort of thought like um, when Seattle traded Russell Wilson, he had Geno Smith. The, the outside world thinks they're just stopgap stop guys until they go get their number one. And then, but inside the building, Dan Campbell, Pete Carroll will tell you, no, we, we love our guy. And, you know, the players, players always know if the organization likes them or not likes them. They always know. No matter what money you make or contract you have, players know if the organization likes them. And I know that Pete Carroll loves Geno Smith. And I know Dan Campbell doesn't want anybody else. Yeah. But Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah it's true. All right, let's take a look at some of the big stories from this past week. And now we're joined by a legend. We love him. That's right. Eagles All-Pro right tackle Lane Johnson. Lane, your your, your costume was fabulous. First of all, you as, as Kelsey is great. You had the, the Ocean Drive T-shirt. You had the man bag, the beard. Classic. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was really that was Gabe's idea. So he came about that last year, and uh, I think we had like get a formal like request to get one of those shirts. I guess they don't hand them out too easily. So we got <laughs> a little wig in, and I I got his kind of posture and mannerisms down after watching him walk around the building for you know decades. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was fun. There's a and it's not like there's not enough attention around the Kelsey family these days. Like it's not like. Everybody's not t- not getting to know like who just Travis and Jason Kelsey are in this world. Yes, um, I mean the podcast was already popping, and then um, you bring this in, and you know how the football game is. It's like at every TV break, they're showing her, showing him. Yeah, you know how is how that's whenever she's there versus when he's not there. So right, um, got a lot of Swifties uh, tuning into the NFL world now. So it's 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 good for business. They were playing her songs, Lane, when the Broncos beat the Chiefs the other day. Like in the old stadium, it was all. T- <laughs> it was like perfectly timed. They finally beat the Chiefs. There's Taylor Swift in the stadium. Yeah, have to rub it in. Yeah, just just stick it. You know, that's that's it's, it's the football world. Like you just got to stick it. You know, when you have a chance to stick it a little bit. You know. 
victories in where you can. That's right. Big week for you guys. Cowboys week. And, uh, what, you know, you're such a, a, a Philadelphian, right? And what, what about Cowboys week? What is it? What does it mean to you? Uh, I mean, it's, it's the biggest game of the year because it's uh, the next one. Uh, I, I just feel like, you know, over the past, you know, the five years, you know, they've been, um, you know, really good, just loaded with talent, especially defensively. Um, so it's just been a, a big game for us, um, you know, really. I feel like over the first five years of my career, I mean, it was a big game. Really, the past five years, it's really been kind of amplified. But, I mean, when you look at their defense, uh, I mean, Micah pops off, DeMarcus, um, so – they do a good job of creating, um, you know, a lot of commotion back there for the quarterback. Um, you know, when you have a beehive in your face every time, it's kind of kind of hard. <laughs> you know, the the thing is, Lane, I don't know if people understand these division games. First of all, you get to know these guys, you know, yeah. out there on the field. You you kind of know even Tank Lawrence. Like, you know, it's not like you're you're just enemies. Like you're like you're out there competing with them twice a year every yeah. year, and then. When you're getting ready, you're getting ready for Washington. You're seeing all their cut-ups. You're seeing every yeah. good play that Tank makes, that Parsons makes, that, you know, like you pick a guy, you know, Stephon Gilmore. Like, it's it's like you're so familiar with each other. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, a district opponent in high school. You know, they're five miles down the roads every day. It's very close-knit. You know, if you win, you can't go eat at the restaurants without getting harassed. <laughs> so, uh, you kind of got that vibe going on, but um, – yeah, I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, it's a big game because it's a nice one. But, you know, for us, I feel like, you know, we, we're still, we've still been leaving lots of points on the board offensively. You know, we all, you try to get the game away as much as we could to Washington. Uh, we found a way to win. But, yeah, what was funny, to your point, uh, you know, you play these guys twice a year, you know, every year. I remember at the end of the game, job down, I was like, I hate y'all guys. <laughs> <laughs> We hate you too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, let's talk about the landscape though. AJ Brown, I mean, wow. I mean, we you know we knew how good he was, but he he's just on on another level. I I you know some of those we were both and I were just going through the tape, and you just look at him and and he he's just become so dominant. Yeah, he plays physical out there. He's like a it's like a great white shark out there just terrorizing people. Uh. But I like the one-handed catches. Yeah, the um, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you late. Um, yeah, so like the one-handed catches, that's like something he does every day. So I don't, I don't really see him catch it with two hands a whole lot. I mean, he will, but what he does, he practices on that. Um, tries to make it as, as difficult as he can. So all those snags and stuff. I mean, you can come into the, our practices on Wednesdays and Thursdays, doing it there too. But uh yeah, I mean just. When he catches the ball, man, he's so violent. He runs very violent, um, and I, I love it. I mean, I mean, uh, our guys are feasting. And so, and, you know, whenever they're trying to double cover him, Devontae will get open or Julio will get open. So, you know, it's creating, creating a lot of uh, benefits for everybody across the board. I always think, Lane, when you get a chunk play, whether it's to A.J., Devontae, you know, whoever, like you get 20, 30 yards chunk. Like no matter where you're at on the field, you feel like you're going to score. Like and, and and the statistics and all that stuff says you yeah. need those type of explosive plays. When you don't get them, it's just hard in this business. You know, a penalty uh, takes you back, or yeah. it could be anything. It's the it's the biggest morale boost in an offense when you get a huge chunk play like that. 
you know, say you're in the, you're on 30 and then you go into the other opponent, you know, 40, 30 yard line, it just changes uh, the whole complexity of the drive. So, um, yeah, I mean, big plays when we needed him to make them, he, he's made them. And, uh, yeah, he's just on a different level this year. I mean, people know what's coming and, uh, you know, still have a hard time stopping him. Well, it's even your offense. I mean, you know, people look at it and they think, well, all right, we're going to make adjustments. And, and you, you turn around and you can't keep you guys down. I mean, look, again, you're off to an amazing start. And it's always a point where – I just feel like you're going to explode on people, and this offense, yes, it's just amazing. I, I got to tell you, it's it's amazing, unstoppable at times. Yeah, I mean, I I love uh, just the different weapons that we have. So it's, it feels like if somebody's not working, there's another guy that you know they're leaving uncovered. Or I feel like but we did a good job last game of, of getting the ball out kind of to everybody. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what this league's about. I feel like. You know, a lot of times during the week we overcomplicate this thing, um, you know, with all the plays, and you go down to it. It's all about the matchups. So you can yep. scheme on point and all this and drive yourself crazy, but uh, a lot of it goes down to <laughs> guys winning their matchups. You know, you, you mentioned that, Lane, that there's so many plays. You've been at this thing for 11 years, and you've had the same offense line coach, Stoutland, for 11 years. You've been in the same meet room every day with Jason Kelsey, for 11 years like what do you do lane to keep it fresh like honestly like i i used to go to these meetings i go are we really going to talk about slant 24 again like how many yeah. like you know what i mean like how do you in your own mind because it, it is about sundays but there is preparation that you got to do you got to go through it you got to pay attention but how do you keep it fresh lane uh somebody gets me a, a good sudoku book at the beginning of the year so. <laughs> Easy, medium, and hard, and so you have like a hundred puzzles. So I'm about at uh, 55 on there. So. All right, all right. <laughs> I know what to get you for Christmas this year, Lane. Yeah. So I mean, really, uh, you go in the meetings, and uh, yeah, just what you said. You're hearing the same play uh, for the past 11 years, and you know how it's done, what the calls are. Um, but for me, I mean, when I go into a meeting, I like to watch the pass rush. We really attack that kind of Wednesday, watching the clips, and then. Everything for me is based off, uh, you know, Kelsey's point, him identifying the fronts um, and all that. So, really, he sets the, you know, our protections and all that. So, when I'm in the game, it's all about communication. And if I have a different guard in there, sometimes things change. So, it's really, you know, the center has a call and then you have to echo that across the board. So, um, you know, your communication's good, uh, your identity in the run game, you know, you know who you're going to, there's no yeah. MAs. So, that's a big part of it um, is, is hearing the call and um, making adjustments because it feels like, you know, the um, second time you play somebody or later in the year, um, they're going to throw a few, a few wrinkles in there that you have a game plan during the week, you know, to kind of throw you off. So I think making the adjustments at the sideline is huge. I still, what drives me nuts is that we have, we have these iPads and we can only see pictures of, of uh, of our plays and people getting beat. Why can't we just see the video? What's what's the the, the laws of that? I, I don't know. We got to follow up on that later. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, why are we getting pictures and pages and of all these clips? Can we just watch the damn clip? <laughs> Drive speed up. What are we doing? We were just looking at um, when Steen came in, and he did a nice yeah. job passing his guy off to you. And, I thought it was it was that communication that you're just talking about. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, they ran a I feel like they ran a lot more games than they did kind of the first game um, to try to get home. So yeah, for us, uh, <laughs> I mean, you go to meeting Stouts really big on set lines. Um, you know, if the guard gets too much separation from the center, then they can get you with a stunt there. If the tackle goes on too much of a width on his set line, you can get beat by me stunt. Um, so uh, Stout's very particular about our set lines and, and not creating a whole lot of space, especially against teams that do that. So, um, you know, a lot of that's discussed during the week. I, I was proud of how Steen came in and, you know, Stout, Stout goes in on some on the, on the young guys pretty hard, um, you know, coaching them up. And, you know, you're hearing them say the same things to them every day. Stop leaning, get your head out. Uh, but what was funny, they actually, um, so we do like, you know, passing off stunts, the, the drills. And so, um, they have like a developmental period. And so some of the guys that are still, uh, young and kept on, but they did it with their helmets off last week and somebody got a concussion. So, uh, <laughs> what I've been informed is that, uh, is that I think it's kind of how they did things back in the day. If a guy was leaning too much or punching, they'd make you do one-on-ones without a helmet. And, uh, uh you learn to head out. <laughs> Hey, you know, we're taping this on Tuesday, Lane. So it's a trade deadline. And I don't know, like, how, you know, everything travels pretty fast. But to see Washington let both Young and Sweat go, I was I was surprised. I, I didn't think that they, they'd lose both of them, Lane. But you go up against both these guys twice a year, every year, for the last three or four years. When you heard that news today, how did you process that? Well, obviously things aren't going well this year, uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, when you go and watch the tape, I mean, the front four is their identity of the team. Yeah. And they've been, you know, consistently bringing pressure. You know, when I watched a lot of tape on Montez, he was getting a lot of guys bull rushing on back um, with his length and his size, and, and Chase does a good a good job of lining out wide, and he kind of runs at a defender. Um, but sometimes they'll overset a little bit when the end's angled. It's kind of an illusion for the tackle. He'll overset, and they can beat you inside so he does a good job of getting that mesh point either working the inside or, or getting that edge so i feel like he's kind of taking this game to another level doing that but yeah when i was watching them this week um you know the giants game last week uh they had a good I, game yeah chase young had a real good game yep uh he was all over the field but yeah very surprising um so um you know obviously they're going in a different direction but it is what it is i mean the nfl is a crazy business well, you might see Chase in a playoff game, Lane. Who knows? Yeah. You know, like, that could happen. So, anyway, so, yeah. Uh, times a charm. Uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I just think San Fran add another piece to what they do. Um, it's going to help Nick. You know how that goes. It's like when yeah. they had Miles and Zedarius, you know, you get sure. two guys, you know, work off each other. Hey, Lane, give us your best out story. Ooh. Um, he has a lot of sayings. Um, I can say a lot of those. He'll say, um, I don't know if I, if y'all can bleep it out. He'll go, oh, my aching ass. He'll say that a lot if people mess up. Um, he'll say, uh, uh, who do you think I am? Mickey the Dunst? Or he'll say that a lot. If somebody, uh, keeps doing the same mistake over, he said, are, are you a doubting Thomas? Uh, <laughs> I, I, a lot, uh. Yeah, but one time he um, he was talking about, um, that, uh, I guess that was like his mentor or somebody that he learned the most from. And so he goes on like a three-minute rant about 
Coach DeLeon, he goes, he was the best damn coach I ever coached for. And then uh, Jason Peters goes, what about Roy? And Roy's our assistant now. <laughs> and the whole team lost it because Roy, Roy used to play for him, and, and he's always on Roy. Where are my pictures? Where's the cut-ups? And, yeah. he, you know, he throws out a lot of demand. At him, and so sometimes when he's going in on Roy, I'll kind of snap my fingers to try to piss him off. Let's go, Roy. Let's go. Quicken it up. Yeah. Hey, real quick, yeah. real quick, Lane. I'm in Seattle last week. I'm doing the game Seattle in, in Cleveland. I'm looking down in Seattle. There's Jason Peters dressed, Lane. Like at age 40, Jason Peters is on Seattle's roster, all right, 40 years old. And I have a feeling he could go out there on any given Sunday still. And just move the biggest body in front of you like nobody else. Yeah, he's like one of those, uh, like a loggerhead turtle, man. He's lived in about two different centuries, you know. They just somehow <laughs> stay alive. And uh, the older they get, the kind of meaner they get. Uh, yeah, man, he's just one of those uh, rare body types, you know. I feel like uh, guys that are super strong, um, you know, the guys like him or Slater, you know, I just feel like those guys have been so strong over the years that they're not absorbing the kind of the, the beatings that, I guess, yeah. normal humans are. So, yeah, yeah, just what you said. I feel like he can come in there and, you know, Charles Cross shows down. He can go, go out yeah. there and, and line up and show you some flashes of, you know, some of his best. But, yeah, I mean, he's just one of those unique guys that I remember watching or just meeting him for the first time and, you know, seeing a guy that weighs, you know, that much, you know, in college, you know. You know, if a guy weighs 350, 360, he's a guy that's a slob and can't move. But I remember going out there and watching me move. I'm going, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I'm, oh. Yeah, so I remember uh, first training camp, we um, were getting on the scale. So I'm probably like 310. This is like uh, before practice. And then he comes in and he never likes, he never uh, lets people kind of see what he weighs. But I remember sneaking in, he weighed 361 after, after, after training camp. <laughs> so yeah and that was a tempest here but i think he eventually got down to like 330 during that year but he started off around three he was 361 i'm going holy shit yeah this dude 365 out here playing and then uh yeah i remember him t uh talking to me about uh sean andrews and i was like well what was that guy like and he was like he was like bro if you think i i got some good feet he said this dude here i know he had his issues but this guy had he could run with the, he could run with any linebacker lane with any linebacker yeah. he could run yeah and what JP was saying is that sometimes he would, you know, get into the fours in the off season. So, uh, yeah, just having guys that big and can move. Um, yeah, it's, I feel like the nineties, I mean, our line's pretty big, but I feel like the nineties or, you know, back to the, I feel like those guys were big, like the Flozo Adams, Larry Allen's. Oh yeah. Those Willie Rowe. League. Yeah. yeah well, right. well, think about the ends, like Reggie, Reggie White was 290, right? You, you went. I don't think. No, 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 no. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We, we, we used to have this like we used to have this electronic scale in the locker room in Philly when Reggie was there, and you know you step on the scale and it was electronic. So, like Reggie yeah. would step on the scale in November, and it would be like three twenty and climbing, <laughs> and he would just get yeah. off the scale. Like you don't know if it was three forty. It could have been. Yeah. Like it didn't make like it didn't make no difference. Like he didn't do nothing during the week. He slept on one of those uh, trainers' benches. The entire day, and then he just, you know, football. The Sundays came around Sunday, and he was just ready to go throw somebody off the screen. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like different. Just a bear sleeping around until yeah. it's time to. Work. Yeah, he knew. Uh, 
Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I feel like a lot of players or uh, their weights aren't listed accurately. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of them. I remember I remember playing Julius Peppers like later in his career and he was listed like 280 and I'm like, all right. <laughs> You're out here better than me. I know you weigh 320-something, you know. So. I remember one time, Lane, he was going for that left-end spot and he made a play across the field. And I slowed it down to see how many strides it took for him to get from one side of the field to the other. He did it in five steps. Like his stride was that long. Five steps, he covered the whole yeah. field. Like it was just, yeah. I remember when he played him in Green Bay and he, he picked off interception. I was going for him. And then I think Mark got Sanchez got through into me. I remember him taking off five steps in the 50 and scoring a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> big long steps, man. Strides, yeah. Hey, uh, Lee, last thing, brother. We appreciate it. We're, we talk about guy. You know, Peter's at 40. What about you at 40? What uniform are you going to be wearing? Uh, oh, I could be uh, probably be, uh, you, I don't know. That's a good question. I might be wearing a, a car hard on my tractor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I wonder, you still, uh, would you still be playing at 40? I'm I know you could. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. Um, you know, everybody has a price, but I don't know. Uh, I feel like, you know, if you retire and then, and I, like, I'm sure Whitworth is getting some calls and he's going. Oh, yeah. Warming up going, ah, should I go get this extra $10 million real quick? For, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Might come in handy one day. Exactly. So, you know, if that happens, I, I think my goal is just to stay in shape. And uh, if I do lose some weight i may be about 290 so if i had to pick up some weight you know yeah i can do it pretty quick and go get some extra money love it brother thank you so much listen good luck on sunday man we really appreciate your time yeah i like this i like the setup yeah i think it's gonna first class like oh yeah it's it's pat mcafee's got to look out man we're coming we're coming for him <laughs> i'll see you late i'll be over to house soon take care take care buddy thank you all right, let's look at uh, some of the highlights from week eight that we just saw. We're talking about the Lions, and, you know, one of the things that I, I love about that defense mm -hmm. is Anzalone was just a madman. That's, you know, he, I want to get that blonde wig. <laughs> Halloween. You know, uh, Anzalone, he, he just pops. He just pops every game. Like, he, he, you know, he leads the team in tackles. He had two sacks last night. He covers well. He plays the game fast. Like, I don't know how fast – he's not as fast as Roquan Smith, but he plays fast. And so, sideline to sideline, he plays with effort. He runs through people. When he hits them, they go down. He gets well protected up front with the horses they have up there. And, you know, he's got a rookie play next to him and Jack Campbell. And they're becoming – you know, you, you, you really learn how to play together. And one guy you, – you, you, you never do anything independently as an inside linebacker. You do it as a, as a team. You got the man side, you got zone side, you got the tight end, you got the back. You got different responsibilities. And so I feel like they're learning each other right now. But Anzalone, when you watch the tape, like he literally pops off the screen. You can't really take – he's one of those players yeah. that's magnetic. Now there's yeah. Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, this this uh, Hutch, uh, Brian Branch is a really good player. So that middle layer of defense is uh, Brian Branch, it's Anzalone, and it's uh, Campbell. And like together – they they are playing really really well in that in that level of defense. I mean, you know, we're talking about the Lions. We're talking about the youth that they have, and you see it on the offensive side of the ball with Laporta, right? Like they trade Hawkinson, and I 
I'd be honest, I was guilty. I didn't understand why they would move on from Hawkinson. And I, I watched Laporta. I mean, the kid. Well, first of all, if you were tight ends, go to Iowa. Yeah, because you don't get on the field at Iowa. Go back to, I'm talking to George Kittle and yeah. these guys. You don't get on the field at Iowa unless you can block. I mean, they're still playing that offense, two tight ends. Like, you better be able to block and get on the field. That's Kirk. That's Kirk, right? So, when you watch Laporte, A, he can handle, like, he's a good blocker. Yeah. Uh, he can handle the edge, you know, whether it's ends, linebackers, like the toss crack stuff. But he is, he, he got a pass last night. Like, he's out of wide receiver. He's in the, like, he's one of those flex tight ends that also can line up in line. They do a lot with him. But he is so fluid and smooth when he runs and after the catch. I mean, before he's got four touchdown catches already, and then we're not halfway through the season. And he's got, you know, he's second on the team in receiving. And going into last week, he was second to Travis Kelsey in total receiving yards by tight ends. I mean, that's, I mean, and then, like, but even like last night, Colby Sorsdahl yeah. is starting at right guard. Yeah. Now, he's a fifth-round pick out of William & Mary. But when you watched him, you know, he was a five-year starter, okay? Um, he was a captain. I saw him this summer at Duke Mannyweather's camp in Dallas training with all these guys. And he got a chance to start last night. And he played next to, you know, Sewell and Panay. And they, they you know, they ran for 222 yards. Like, a lot of it was right behind him. Played great. Yeah. It, they're really, drafting and developing. So, I got, my last thing with them is, are they a true contender? Like, can they win in January? So, you know, they beat Kansas City week one, you know, I mean, right off the bat. Now, you know, obviously they were without some stars. But, you know, they got it. They got their head handed to them in, in Baltimore. Like, it was bad. Yeah. It, you know, it's 35 nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just one-sided. Set up, too. Like, you could almost see it. Too. They had one for, yeah. you know, they, they had all this. So, yeah. it happens. But they bounced back. Lamar you know, goes nuts. Lamar was all. So, but those things will happen. You got to learn from it. But I, I believe that this team knows its identity. Like, some teams are still trying to, trying to figure it out. They know what their identity is. Like, they ran the ball down the Raiders' throats in the second half of the game. Once they got, the you know, that lead, 16-7, uh, to seven, whatever, 23-7, you know, whatever it was. And that's that's they wanted, that's how they want to beat you up. Yeah, yeah. That's Dan Campbell. Uh, all right, another big story from Week 8. And I, I got to tell you, the, the Broncos – pull off the upset of the week two in a row. So they beat Green Bay, and then they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Like the first time Mahomes loses in Denver after 12 times, yep. he had won 18 straight road division games, and the Broncos win. I, listen, God. you went in, in depth there. How do well, you do it? Well, first of all, they took the ball away five times. They forced three fumbles, and they recovered the three. And they picked off Mahomes. Now, one of the, the, the one of the interesting interceptions, it was a classic Mahomes to Kelsey, middle of the field. And this Nickelback, this free aging kid, undrafted, uh, he's a second year player, but he didn't play last year. This uh, this kid, Jaquan McMillan, cause like you know Sean Payton is going to find, like he doesn't care where you came from, he doesn't care what your name is, he doesn't care what round you got, he doesn't care. Marcus Colston is still his favorite receiver of all time. Seventh rounder out of, uh, you know, at a Hofstra. So he's going to find players. And so he's got this kid, Jaquan McMillan. Like, they've been trying to find a nickel. Yes, Sertan could play outside. They picked up Fabian Moreau off the streets playing good. But they're trying to find players. This kid, 
is out there. He gets an interception off Mahomes, okay? Then he has three tackle for losses, like he's unblocked from the slot and he's going in the backfield making these plays. I'm just looking at a defense. You, you know, Alex Singleton was here in Philly, cuz, right? He, he's going to make a ton of tackles. You know, Josie Jewell's healthy. But they got these young pass rushers. You know, they, they, they let Randy Gregory go. Yeah. But he would, didn't do anything anyways. He wasn't Sean Payton's kind of guy. But they got they got a couple kids. They got they got Baron Browning, Jared Cooper, this Nick Benito, who, who was spying Mahomes the other day, who's just like he hit him four times. Like they just they're just putting these pieces together. And remember, you gotta think about this. Sean Payton had no relationship with Vance Joseph. So they go to Miami, they give up 70. It's the embarrassment of all embarrassments. They were calling for Vance Joseph, like just get rid of him. He's not to, but you know, Sean stayed with them, and now they've completely turned this thing around. And now Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes, no no interceptions. They're running the ball with Javante, this kid Jaleel McLaughlin yeah. out of uh, Youngstown State. Yeah. yeah. The Youngstown kid. Um, he is giving them pop, and they're just they're finding these players. You know, it's so interesting because you bring up Russ, and he looked – look, you know, even against Green Bay, they didn't score a ton. No. But he didn't hurt you. Like he he looks better and better. I, and I I gotta attribute that to Sean Payton. Well, Sean, you know, like Russell last year. Look, he's got a beautiful wife. He's got his kids. Like he had a separate office. Yeah, yeah. like the, the kids are over here. Like Sean's like, no, we're we're doing we're winning football games here. <laughs> like you go home and spend time with your family. So I mean, I'm not picking on Russell's lifestyle or anything. Like God bless him. But you know, Sean is like every time I. Anybody that's been around Sean Payton, there's his biggest influence in life was Bill Parcells. Yeah. And Parcells comes out of him all the time. He could be a smart ass. He could be up your ass. Like, there's just things that Sean does. Like, I've, I've talked to, like, Doug Marone was his offense line coach for a while. And I go, like, what was, what's the thing that you said just great on Sean? He go, bald egos. We'd be in these red zone meetings. The guy's freaking maniacal about red zone offense. You get down to the seven-yard line, you don't score a freaking touchdown. Like, he's losing his mind. And, you know, sometimes red zone offense, you know, like everybody struggles at one point or another, but sometimes it's good to have Jimmy Graham just to go throw the ball up to or Marcus Colston. So they weren't scoring in the red zone. He was driving them nuts. And, like, he's just he's just like, he won't let it go. You know, like, he's just going to ride everybody. Red zone. Like, I don't care if we score 40. We're 0 for 2 in the red zone. Like, that's – so he just gets on these things and he just rides you the way Parcells used to ride you. And then when you win, though, like he'll ease up for a minute. Then it's going to start right back. Well, you know what's amazing about Sean Payton is, of all the coaches, he actually had a movie made about it. Kevin James. What? Did you know that? No. You don't know about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. You're watching film with a player. But he has a movie. There was a movie about Sean Payton from when during Bounty Gate, yeah, he then goes back to Texas to coach. Right, you're back in Dallas, yeah. Right, to coach his son's team. Yeah, and so the story is he comes back to coach his son's team while he's being suspended yeah. for a year. So that's the movie. Kevin James, you know, of course, I knew Kevin. Yeah, yeah, from King Queens yeah. and all. He plays Sean Payton. Okay. <laughs> well, if I said to you, Baldy, of all the coaches. Who would be the last? Yeah, person? Sean Payton. <laughs> right. Yes, you, you know. <laughs> so that's that'll be your. Uh, it kind of wasn't that good, to be honest with you. Yeah. Although my Massimo likes it. Okay. Hey, he what? 
Daddy, you want to watch it? And I go, mm. but, you know, all right. But, you know, Sean's always football. So. Yeah, like, Sean is, like, he's, <laughs> he, you know, he's got his hands in everything. He's not one of these guys that's delegating. He's got his hands is on everything. So you can see, like, you know, there, there was an old saying, because I, I know it, it's in everything. It's like you lose by a lot, you lose by a little, you win by a little, you win by a lot. You got to kind of go through those cycle. You got to go through that cycle. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, Miami was a low point. Yeah. And he'll never let anybody forget that. Landry used to be like that with us, losing championship games, ice bowl. Like he used to bring that stuff up. You had to go through those low points to enjoy the Super Bowl win. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, another one, another big story, and what a win was the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And we touched on Joe Burrow, uh, who was just magnificent. But what a win by Cincinnati. The Bengals are back. Three in a row. In a big way. Three in a row. They um, and, 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 you know, the before the season started, everybody said the AFC North is the division. You know, that's the, that's the best. And, you know, it didn't start off that way. And Burrow was hurt. I'll never, I'll never forget this. I'm at tra uh, Bengals training camp uh, this summer, and we're doing a NFL Network show. And um, I meet Joe Burrow's dad. I meet Jamar Chase's dad. Both of them. They're both, you know, they're that practice every day. Great, great guys. So um, we have Jamar come join us on the set after the practice. So, you know, and Jamar's great. He's, he's great with the kids, autographs. He's just, he's just awesome. So, uh, you know, we get to his quarterback. So he's the story. I mean, the calf is out. How long is he going to be out? Nobody knows. We came to see him, all this stuff. So Jamar says this to us. He says, so they open up with Cleveland week one in Cleveland. He says, uh, I hope he doesn't play week one. So they caught it, our eyes, you know, like they kind of like raise their eyebrows. I mean, what do you mean, Jamar? He goes, I only want him if he's absolutely 100%. He goes, I had a bad hip a couple years ago, and I missed games, and I thought about coming back. But once I came back, I was fine. And it never bothered me again. I don't want him to come back and have an issue. And it made all the sense in the world to me. And what did he have? He had an issue. Yeah. And yeah. It, But it, yeah. it, it's gradually gotten better and better. And now we watched the throws last week. And that's a good defense in San Francisco. And he just, you know, it, it, the whole turnaround started three weeks ago when Jamar Chase, after game, after loss, said, I'm open. I'm always bleeping open. And he was dead serious. But he needed Joe Burrow healthy to, to be to, to feed him and ever since that's happened like he's receiver number one in the nfl right now yeah unstoppable i bet you look at their offense i mean man when when he's right i love zach taylor so i i, mm -hmm. I think he's, he's got he's really metal, he's right. got a good team he, he knows how to build a team he really the defense lou anaruma runs the defense and but they they you around that team they're just united they practice hard they respect one another like you know, the both inside linebackers don't get any credit. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. They both had interceptions last week. And, you know, Logan Wilson, he's in his fourth year because he hasn't finished, his, you know, in the middle of his fourth year. The guy's got 10 interceptions. You know, the guys, they, they, they're his own team. The guy's got unique instincts. I don't know any other inside linebacker right now with 10 interceptions. He's done it less than four years. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And he had, he had the interception that really ended the game last week. So, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've been restocking, rebuild their defensive line, Trey Hendrickson's, you know, like, they're loaded. They're, they're a team that can compete. It's amazing, right, guys? Because we're so reactionary. Yes. Right? Like, and what happens in September, where, oh, my God, this team's done. Yeah. This team's done. What a d disappointment. And then you start to look, 
a little by little, a, a team like Cincinnati that's been battle tested, yeah. right? Over the last two years, that's been really, really good. You know what? They get healthy. Their quarterback and and their spirit animal, Joe Burrow, just all of a sudden, you get a win like Sunday over San Francisco. So I used to I tell people like, not all wins are the same, you know. But if you if you come off your bye week and you you think you're doing pretty good, and you go to San Francisco and you level them, that plane ride home, like you, it just gives you an injection of confidence. If we can go to San Francisco and beat that team, we can go into Baltimore. We could go into Kansas City. And they already know that. But it's just every year is a new year. You need those confidence-building wins to, so that everybody knows that we what we can do. That's Zach Taylor's message at the end of those kind of games. Like, we can go anywhere and win. If we have to do that, we're going to do that. All right. The final big story from week eight, and it's who Cincinnati played. It's San Francisco. Losers now of three in a row for the Niners. You know, we talked about it a little bit with, you know, their with their defensive front. Mm-hmm. But what's going on? I mean, let, let's they couldn't run on Cincinnati. So only the last so, three games, starting with the loss to Cleveland, I went and researched it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, if you take two runs out of the last three games, he's run 36 times for 99 yards. Now, that was the leading rusher in this league by a mile after five games, and they were scoring 33 points a game. They're now scoring 17 in each of the last three games. So it starts now. They're without Debo. They're without Trent Williams. They do make a difference. But regardless, like they're running the same plays. They're running, uh, you know, wide zone. They're running uh, wind back. They're running the same plays. They're just not getting any creases right now. And so I believe that if they're going to turn this thing around, um, it helps. You know, they get the bye week this week. So Trent, Debo make a difference. That'll help up front for sure. Um, but it's going to start with them running the ball better because everything comes off their play action. Not everything. You got to drop back and wow, throw it sometimes. Yeah. Purdy is, is you, you can't put Purdy in that situation where he's got to throw the ball 40 times. It's it, 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 no, but Nobody's going to win a lot of games if they have to be in that one, one dimensional position. But I, I said today, I said today on San Francisco Station because I said, it reminds me right now what they're going through, what the Rams went through two years ago. Two years ago, the Rams lost three in a row and had a bye. They went a month without a win. And, and I remember they, they, they played on a Monday like Tennessee because they had some problems protecting Stafford. Yes, they did. And they overloaded the and they pressure up the, up the A-gap, and that was a big issue. So they weren't playing well. And really, when you listen to some of these coaches, like Sean McVay's is, Right as they come, like they don't really have any answers when you ask these questions. But you know that they're also laying awake at night, just looking for answers and how to get find a rhythm. And you know, eventually Matt Stafford got into rhythm, unlike we've ever seen with another receiver like in Cooper Cup. And they were unstoppable. And the running game got a little bit better. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan's at that stage right now. Like it might be the low point. Maybe it gets lower, but I believe they're at the low point. I think that they're going to come out of this by. Like, the, you know, I think they're going to come out of this bye, and I think they're going to return to what I think the team is, which is an elite team. Talk to me about, about Purdy for a second. You know, listen, you, you pointed out a throw he made that was really impressive. But, you know, there are times, can he, is he the guy? Like, is he? Yeah, I think uh, he is. Yeah. I think he is. I think he's got the right mindset. 
I think he uh, has tr tremendous movement, pocket presence. I think he has all of that. I think he makes oh, good decisions. Yeah. He played 47 games at Iowa State. Um, you know, he was he, his idol was Dan Marino growing up. Like, I think he's got the right mental toughness. The interceptions, like he's thrown five in the last two weeks, uh, last three weeks, okay, after not throwing any in the last eight games. So that, that has jumped up, and he did fumble once last week. But I, I believe that he distributes the ball at an elite level, and I think he sees the field. Like, if you break down on the backside, he knows where you're at. He, he'll get the ball to you. I think he's. I think he could be. I don't know if he's Joe Burrow, like because Joe Burrow was battle tested all the way to the Super right. Bowl. But I think he can get you deep into the playoffs. And if he's got to come to Philly, you know, if he's got to, you know, go go one of these tough places to go play a playoff game, I think, I think they'll be very competitive with him. Need, you mentioned a running game. We talked about it, but I think they need more out of Elijah Mitchell, uh, who came back now healthy and hasn't done much. I, I think. They need more out of him. They got Jordan Mason. They got Elijah Mitchell. I, I said this early on, that the way they were using McCaffrey, too much. it's too much. Yeah. You can't, like, he had the 400 touches with, you know, in Carolina the one year, and then he got hurt two years in a row. Like, you can't put him on that pace. And, you like, as good as he is, as talented, you, you have to rotate him. You just do. And so you've got to get Elijah Mitchell going. He's a big guy that is fast and explosive. And he's capable of getting into a rhythm, but you can't give him two carries and think he's going to do anything. No, no, not enough. All right, that's going to do it for us in our inaugural show. This yeah. is a blast. This is it. Then we're going to sit there and talk football. Yeah, all day. <laughs> all right. Thank Lane Johnson for hey. joining us. We're going to have guests every week. We're yeah. coaches, players, like, you know, you name it. In the world of football, we're going to have Hall of Famers stepping in. We're going to be joined every week, cuz. Yeah, it's going to be great. Join us every day, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 Pacific, uh, Monday through Friday. That's the schedule. Uh, our man, Andrew Frazier, is a wonderful producer. We want to thank him. And uh, look, tomorrow, and we're now in November, guys. So tomorrow, we will discuss the real contenders because when November hits, that's when we find out about the contenders. For the one, the only, the great, Baldy, I'm Cuz. We'll see you tomorrow. We all sitting like the mayor.